Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. I'm talking about you and the people in your life. Um, You realize today, right, like you have influence over people in your life, right? I hope you do. If you don't know it, let me share with you. You have influence today over people in your life. Have I ever showed you guys the influence circles? I have? Okay, I'm going to show you again. Here we go. This won't take but just a minute. I used to show this to the students in the youth group all the time. Uh, real quickly here. You got three circles. Boom. Boom. Right? So this is your influence circle. The way the influence circle works, you have your heart here. So whoever's in this small circle, whoever's closest to your heart, that's the people that you have that have influence over you. That's people like Jesus Christ. Amen. They're closest to your heart. That's people like your husband, like your wife, your mom, your dad. That's people that's the closest to your heart. They are the they are the ones that have the most influence over you. Now, the second circle here, these are the people that have uh, that have influence over you, but not as much as these people. This here could be a boss. This could be a friend. Could be a coworker. Could be a pastor. Could be a counselor. Could be someone in your life that is trusted, that you care for, and you know cares for you. And so they have influence over here. These people out here in the outer circle, these are the people that you have influence over. This could be people like a coworker like a neighbor, like a friend. It could be the same people that's in this circle, but it's just these are the people that you have influence over. Everybody follow so far? Everybody with me? Here's side note. We get ourselves in trouble when we get the wrong people in the wrong circles, when we have these people that we should be influencing in the circle that's influencing us. We get ourselves in trouble when the wrong people are in the wrong circles. I used to tell our kids all that, the students that all the time. When we were talking about friendships, talking about relationships, I said, listen, y'all, y'all got a lot of friends, which is cool, which is great. Everybody should have a lot of friends. But make sure you're influencing the right people and the right people are influencing you. Right? How dangerous is it, parents, when you see your sons and daughters start hanging around those type people, which is fine as long as they're in the right circle. Right? You've heard Charles talk about cruddy buddies for years. Right? Cruddy buddies are great. Everybody needs cruddy buddies. We're going to talk about cruddy buddies this morning because that's who we're leading to Christ. But the problem is, is when we have those people in this outside circle, in the center circle, when they should be in the outside circle. People who we should have influence over, but instead we let those people influence us. Everybody follow. So what we're going to talk about this morning is these people out here. When I talk about making a shift, making a move, making a change from a follower to a leader, I'm talking about these people here and how we influence those people. Um, I hope you know this morning 
that everyone in here is called to be a minister for Christ. If you're here this morning, you love the Lord, you're forgiven, you're saved, you're in Christ, say amen. You're a minister. I realize like I have that job title. I realize like I get paid for that. The only difference between your job and my job as being a minister is I get a paycheck and you don't. You, much like me, are still called to love other people. Amen? You, much like me, are still called to give, to share, to encourage, to forgive, to pray for, to listen to, to cry with, to celebrate with. The only difference between your minister's job and my minister's job is I get a paycheck for it every week. That's the only difference. We are all today called to be ministers. One of the dangers in the, the American church um, is, the, is, the, is the attitude of someone else will do it. You ever been there? You ever seen that? Someone else will do it, right? Look at Moses in the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. Moses had, um, Moses had all the Israelites, the, the Hebrews were in slavery. He talked to God at the burning bush. What did God tell him? God said, I see my people. I hear their cry. I'm going to get them out of slavery and Moses was like, yeah, God, go get them. Go get them out. And then God said what? I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You lead them out. And what was Moses' first words back? Who am I? Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Me? I believe today that God puts us in positions to lead these people, to influence these people. And one of the biggest dangers we find ourselves is saying, who am I? God wants to use me? You mean God wants to use Juan Stimson? Yeah, God wants to use Juan. The days of it being someone else's job is long gone, my friends. It's too important. The influence is too important. These people that are in this circle in your life are too important for you to wait for someone else to do it. There's people in your life today that need to be loved. They're waiting on you to love them. There's people in your life today that need to be encouraged, that need to be lifted up, and they're waiting on you to do it. They're inside your circle, not anybody else's. Moses, we find Moses in Exodus chapter 3 saying, who am I? We all want to see God do something great, but we want to see him lead somebody else to do it. Those days are long gone. If you're serious about growing in your faith, then you need to be serious about making the shift from a follower to a leader. Because you have people in your circle that need you. You have people in your life that need you. They need you to make that shift. They need you to be a leader. They need you to pray for them. They need you to love them. They need you to encourage them. They are waiting for you to do what God has called you to do. Thankfully, you know the rest of the story of Moses, right? He does what God calls him to do, and God gave him the five greatest words that you could ever hear from God, and that is, I will go with you. And God tells you and I the same thing today. When God calls us to minister to, 
to love, forgive, encourage, share, help those people in our lives. When God's calling you to go from a follower to a leader, we have the same promise from God today, and that is the presence of God in our life to go with us as we do these things. So uh, the Bible calls this shift uh, from a follower to a leader. The word calls it going from a sheep to a shepherd, going from a sheep to a shepherd. You guys know the story at the end of the Gospel of John. It's after Jesus' uh, death, resurrection, and before his ascension, he finds Peter, and they, Peter's out fishing, and Jesus is standing on the lake, and he calls Peter to come over to him. So Peter gets in the boat and takes the boat over there, um, and then they start cooking some fish on the, on the seashore. <clears throat> and, uh, and Jesus asked Peter what? You remember? Anybody remember? Sweet, I'm going to tell you. Peter, or Jesus asked Peter, said, do you love me? And he asked him three times. Why did he ask him three times? Because he denied him three times. And so here, after Jesus' death and resurrection and before his ascension, we see Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Every time Peter said, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. You know I do. And Jesus followed that up with, if you love me, then feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Peter didn't realize it at the time, but Jesus was starting the church. Jesus was putting Peter in charge of the church. And you see that played out through Acts chapter 2 in the day of Pentecost and the whole book of Acts, how the birth of the church started. And Peter didn't realize that here Jesus was calling him to go from a sheep, to go from a follower, to go to a leader, and to go to a shepherd. Uh, so, I think that if we want to make this shift in our life, if we want to make this change from a sheep to a shepherd, there's only one place to look. Where do you think we should look? Where at in the Word of God? Who in the Word of God? The good, somebody talk to me, the good, the good shepherd. If you don't know who the good shepherd is, my gosh, I'm glad you came here this morning. Glad you are here today. Jesus Christ himself is the good shepherd. We read in John chapter 10 that he called himself, he said, I am the good shepherd. If we are serious about being a leader and being a shepherd, we need to look at the good shepherd and see what we can learn. So this is what Jesus says about himself in John 10, starting in verse 11. Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. Stop. Side note, when Jesus says, I am, there's seven times in the book of John, he says, I am. He says, I am the good shepherd here. Right before this, he says, I am the gate. He says in other places, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says in other places, I am the light of the world. When Jesus says these words, I am, he is saying the exact same words that God said to Moses at the burning bush when, God, when Moses said, if I go to Pharaoh, who should I tell him sent me? And, Mo, and God said, I am sent you. Jesus is saying this, me and God, we're one and the same. When God speaks, he speaks through me. I move, when the Father moves, I move. I don't go anywhere without him telling me. Me and the Father are one. Keep reading. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hands is not 
the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Verse 13, the man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says again. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one Shepherd. There's a couple things we can pick up about being Christian leaders here in this section of Scripture. And the first thing is we see here with the Good Shepherd is that the shepherd always knows his sheep. The shepherd always knows his sheep. For a real-life shepherd in biblical times, um, the way shepherding would work, early in the morning, the shepherd would get the sheep out of the pen, and he would inspect each sheep. He would look over each sheep as they were leaving the pen. Once he got out of the pen, he would walk around all day going from like, like grass patch to grass patch, going from field to field, trying to find the best grass for the sheep to eat. He would also find waters. He would find still waters, we read in Psalms 23. Uh, he would find water for them to drink. Then he would protect the sheep. He would guard the sheep. He would take care of the sheep. If any wolves would come up, he would fight the wolves off because those sheep were his babies. He knew the sheep. He took care of the sheep. Once they got back to the pen at nighttime, he would then, the shepherd would then individually inspect each sheep as they went into the pen. Why would he inspect? To see if they needed anything. To see if there was anything that they needed because he cared for the sheep. The shepherd loved the sheep. The shepherd knew the sheep. The shepherd cared for the sheep. The shepherd would do anything that he needed to to take care of the sheep. And I hope you know this morning, if not, I am happy to tell you that we have a father in heaven. We have a good shepherd in heaven that knows you and me today. We have someone leading us that cares for us. We have someone leading us that loves us. We have someone leading us that looks over and inspects your life to see what you need, to see how he can help, to see how he, what he needs to change. We have a good shepherd today that knows you today. Psalm 139 talks about how God the Father knows us, and it says this. This is David writing. He says, you have searched me and you know me, Lord. Stop right there. That may not be a pleasant thought for some of you, right? Because some of us have been to some places we shouldn't have been, right? Some of us have done some things we shouldn't have done. All of us have said some things we shouldn't have said, right? All of us probably have things in our life that are kids don't know about, that our parents don't know about, maybe that your husband and wife don't know about. The Word says God knows. The Word says that He has searched you. He has searched every part of you, and He knows every part of you. That may be a terrifying thought for some of you. Keep reading. Keep reading. Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. 
You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hear me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Stop. Stop. When David is saying there, when you lay your hand upon me, he is talking about the old, um, the old Jewish tradition of basically what we today call a living will. When we die, you may have a living will right now. And when you pass away, that will will be enacted. And everything that you leave, your possessions to whoever you leave it to, and that will, it will be given to that person. Of course, there'll be a tax for it, right? Right? Right. But they will receive whatever the passing away person has given them. That's what David's talking about. In this day, what would happen was when an older man was getting ready to pass, he would call his sons, he would call his oldest son closest to him, and he would give him, he would, he would pass on his possessions, he would give him his blessing of his life by placing his hand upon his head and by blessing him and giving him what he, what he wanted him to have. What David is saying here, the Lord knows you. The Lord knows you. The Lord knows everything about you. Those things that nobody else knows, the Lord knows. And what does he do anyway? He still places his hand upon your head. Those deepest, darkest secrets that you don't want anybody to find out about, God knows. And he still places his hand upon your head. You know why? Because he's a good shepherd. Because he loves you. We talked about that last week. Because he is concerned about you. Because he wants to be involved in your life. He wants to protect you. He wants to do all the things a good shepherd did for his sheep, and he wants to do it for you. So what does that mean for me and you in going from a sheep to a shepherd and going from a follower to a leader? Well, pretty simple. Do you love people around you? Even those hard-to-love people? Even those people that have done you wrong? Even those people that have talked about you? Even those people that have stolen from you? Even those people that have lied to you? Even those people that have stabbed you in the back. You want to grow in your faith? And it's time to grow up. You want to grow in your faith? And it's time to go from a sheep to a shepherd. And it's time to start genuinely loving and caring for people. Even those people that do you wrong. Remember... God knows you, and he still placed his hand upon your head. How crazy would it be today for you to love and care for and pray for and to forgive somebody that has treated you the way we've treated the Father? For some reason probably rightfully so. Today, the church as a whole has got the reputation of being the most unloving, unaccepting, unforgiving people in the world. 
There is nothing that makes Jesus look worse than us not being a loving community for people. Amen. There is nothing that makes Jesus look worse than for believers, people that have been accepted, people that have been loved, people that have been forgiven, to be unloving, to be unforgiving. We are most like Jesus in our life when we are loving and forgiving and welcoming and accepting people in our life today. So let me give you a quick crash course on how to start a friendship and how to love and how to care for people. This is how you do it, in case you don't know. Hey, y'all. What's your name? Hey, Heather. I'm Michael. Nice to meet you. Where are you from? Ashboro. I go to Ashboro sometime. Is this your daughter? What's your name? McKenna. I got a daughter. Her name's Anna Lee. She's a baby. She poops in her pants all the time. She spits up. She spit up back there earlier, and um, TJ was in here with her. Callie was practicing, my wife. And I was over there talking to Ken, making the coffee. And uh, when I come back in, TJ said, Dad, and at least spit up on her shirt. I said, you clean it up? He said, no. I said, what in the world, kid? Uh, you like sports? Softball? Okay, have you hit a home run? You didn't hit a home run? I can't ever hit a home run either. Um, where do you work? I work at a CPA firm. CPA. Tax season. Yes. Getting busy for you? Yes. Sweet. Thank you all for coming. Um, hope to see you back sometime. Maybe one afternoon we can go out and eat lunch after church. Sweet. All right. Step one, get to know people. Right? Basic. Basic. Step one, get to know people. Show an interest in people. The sheep trusted the shepherd because the shepherd had interest and care and concern for them. Step two, form a relationship. I see I've been here for the past three months. I'm glad y'all been here. How's your husband? Good. Great. I didn't know her husband three months ago, but I do now. You know why? Because we have a relationship. We have a friendship. It grows. Step three, share in the relationship. What do you share? Whatever you got. Y'all need something? Anything we can do to help you out, let us know. You got it. Share time. Share resources. Share food. There's no better way to build a relationship than at Chili's on a Sunday afternoon and a strawberry lemonade. Amen? Right, Teach? Right. Right. You share time. You share food. You build a relationship. Over that time, through that relationship, through the conversations that we're having about the weather and how much the snow stinks and softball and tax season, during all that time, guess what else I'm talking about? I'm talking about 
Jesus. I'm sharing Jesus with them. I'm sharing Jesus with people that I care for, that I love, that I want to see know Christ in their life. Now, here's the deal. You can talk about all that other stuff, which is fine, but sooner or later in a Christian leadership position, going from a sheep to a shepherd, a follower to a leader, my goal is, is to make sure that these people are with me in heaven because nothing else really matters right? Nothing else matters. If I love these people, if I'm concerned for them, then my number one goal is to do everything I can do to love Jesus, to love them, and to do anything possible to bring those two together. So the last question for you this morning was point number one is do people know you care about them? Would people say they're a loving person? I can tell they love Jesus by the way they love me. I pray that the church comes out of the stigmatism of being unloving people, of being uncaring people, of being unwelcoming people. Number two, point number two. We see a shepherd, a shepherd brings unity to the herd, to the flock. Jesus says in verse 16, John 10, verse 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and they, and there, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. You guys know the story in Luke 15. We talked about it real briefly last week of the shepherd that had a hundred sheep. One went astray. Shepherd left the 99 to go find the one to bring the one back to the, uh, back to the flock. You guys know that story, correct? Uh, the main point of that story is Jesus telling the Pharisees um, is to celebrate when someone who is lost comes back home. The underlying point of that story is the confidence of the 99 sheep. Here's what I mean by the confidence of the 99 sheep. Those 99 sheep, they see that the shepherd left them to go find that one. So that tells them, that tells the 99 that if I were to walk away, that if I were to wander away, the shepherd would come find me too because the shepherd loves all the sheep. Amen. The shepherd's concerned about all the sheep. The shepherd loves the white sheep and the black sheep. The shepherd loves the brown sheep and the yellow sheep. The shepherd loves the old sheep and the young sheep. The shepherd loves the male sheep and the female sheep. The shepherd loves the rich sheep and the poor sheep. The shepherd loves the straight sheep and the homosexual sheep. The shepherd loves all of the sheep. Can I share with you something that may surprise you? Racism will never end here on earth. I don't care what we do. It won't happen because of sin, right? Because of sin. However, you and I have the ability to lead the way, to be Christian leaders, to lead the way in love and in unity, no matter what the other person looks like, 
no matter what the other person has been through, no matter what that other person was doing last night that they're afraid they may get arrested for if anybody were to find out. It don't matter. Because the shepherd cares for all the sheep. I wish we could make an announcement and just open the doors, turn the microphone up as loud as it could be so the whole world could hear. The sheep are welcome here. All sheep. Right? If your heart is for this place, if your heart is for Central Wesleyan Church, then your heart is for people, no matter the person. Jesus says, I've got other sheep that I've got to get in this pen. Jesus was talking about Gentiles. Jesus was talking about people who are not Jewish. Jesus was talking about you and me. It's because of this good shepherd, because this good shepherd allows us to come to him, even though we are not a Jewish person. It's because of that good shepherd that you and I today can stand here forgiven and as a son and daughter of Christ. Today, outside these doors, there are thousands of people just within our little community right here that do not know the Good Shepherd. And it's up to you and I to be Christian leaders, to go from a follower to a leader, to take the Word of God to them, to share with them, no matter what they look like, no matter their skin tone, no matter where they've been before, no matter their cultural background, no matter their socioeconomic background, it is up to us to view them as being valuable enough to God in heaven that we share, we love, we accept, and we invite them into the Lord's house today. Amen. Amen. So we see here the good shepherd knows his sheep. We see there that the good shepherd brings unity to the flock. Jesus says himself, we'll be one shepherd and one flock. We're not going to have a black flock and a white flock. (laughs) We're not going to have a male flock and a female flock. We got a flock and we are all in this together. I pray for you and myself and our church today that we will be a church, that we will be believers, that we will be followers of Jesus and we'll be leaders of people that care for the others, that care, that love and accept those people in that outside circle in our life. And we would be followers of Jesus and leaders of people that accept and love everybody. Amen. Let's stand together. Come on up, band. <clears throat> hey, let's do, um, let's do uh, the, uh, what's the one you guys did? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Okay, let's do that one. Uh, Here's the deal. We talked about last week about our identity and us being sons and daughters and being a child of God. Today, we're talking about moving from a sheep to a shepherd. If we're serious about influencing those people in our life, it starts with us following God and us letting God use us to lead people. Us following God, being his sons and his daughters, And then us letting him, letting him use us to lead people. It's not me leading them where I want them to go. 
It's God using me to lead them to him. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. God, thank you for your word. God, we thank you for being a good shepherd that cares for us, that loves us, that takes care of us. God, I pray, I pray today that you would call us, your sons and your daughters, you would call us into a deeper relationship with you. God, I pray you'll call us from being a sheep to a shepherd, being a follower to a leader. God, as we follow you, I pray that you will lead us to lead people. God, help us to love people the way you love us. Help us to care the way that you care. Help us to forgive the way that you forgive. Help us to meet needs the way that you meet needs. Help us to encourage the way that you encourage. And God, I pray today that you would find this flock, you would find this family in unity, in love, in acceptance of whoever, no matter what the person looks like, where they've been, where they're going, but God, help us to be a people, help us to be a flock, help us to be leaders that love and accept and welcome. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.